Welcome to the Kinkle Fritz and Friends podcast. If you want to hear the show, you can find it on Family Life Radio. If you want to find a station near you, you can go to myflr.org or stream it online. Well, we're excited today to have Ruth Jo Simons with us, and uh, she's an author. Uh, she's a Wall Street Journal bestselling author, written several books, and the latest one, it's a Devo, Pilgrim, 25 Ways God's Character Leads Us Onward. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. It's good to be here. We just want to say that this is gorgeous. It is. Oh, Thank beautiful. You. Yeah. Thank so you. beautiful. This is a beautiful devotional, and uh, it's big, too. If you like, very. I mean, this I, this could sit in the coffee table. It's gorgeous. It really is. Well, I love that's, it. That's kind it's of the going plan. to. I was hoping, yeah, my hope was that something would be just pretty enough and just inviting enough that you just leave it out and meet with the Lord all day long. I love that. That is awesome. Well, tell us about your journey in getting to this and and why this devotional. Yeah, you know, um, I think my my whole goal with all my art and all my writing is always to point people to. Um, God's grace and who God is in our everyday lives. Because at the end of the day, you know, you can go to church on Sunday and you can think through like what you're learning. But when you're, when the rubber meets the road in your everyday life and you're going, Hey, this is a circumstance I wasn't expecting, or um, my life isn't turning out the way I expected or hoped for. How then do we take our next steps? How then do we decide how to react and, and, um, and journey on. And so Pilgrim is a devotional that's really come out of years of recognizing that while I might be looking for little signs along the road that tell me how to get where I want to go, God desires to point me to who He is as I'm trying to get somewhere. He's actually saying, follow my lead and know who I am. And that's actually the most important part of the journey is to discover who God is as we journey with Him. And you you talk about it like a journey. I mean, when I, when I see the word pilgrim, I think of uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but we're on a pilgrimage, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It means that we're really just folks who are passing through. We are, this is not our home, right? We mm-hmm. are um, going towards a destination that is sacred, holy, that really the presence of God. We want to be with Him forever. But Right now, this every day that you and I are on, it is hard. Um, sometimes yeah, we are, you know, <laughs> I mean, it, the, the road is windy, it's bumpy, it's never exactly what we plan for. And most of the time, it feels like we're climbing straight up a steep climb and the end is not in sight. Like, that's how I feel all the time. And I think I, I love the word pilgrim because it helps me remember that if I don't feel satisfied right now on this earth, despite, you know, we could get a, we could have perfectly obedient children, or we could have a job promotion, or we could go shopping and find our favorite shoes on sale. None of those things will actually ultimately be satisfying. And there's good reason for that because we were not made for this world. And so Pilgrim, the title of this devotional, I hope will remind us day by day that we were made for another world and we were made for him. And so it really walks us through 25 ways. It's God's character that we need to keep our eyes on, not the journey itself. And you were talking about how difficult that road is, and it can feel so unsure at times, mm-hmm. too. What are a few ways that you remind yourself? Because we, we, can, we can feel so isolated and so mm-hmm. separate from God. How do you remind yourself that you're not alone on this journey? Yeah, well, well, you know, both that we were created for fellowship with 
God, but also that we are created for fellowship with one another. I think we're most alone when we start thinking that we got to do this thing on our own. We can't tell people how much we're struggling. Um, and then we kind of turn to the internet thinking that somehow we're going to find, you know, some some kind of fellowship and companion online. And sometimes we do. And I'm so grateful for true online uh, relationships. For, but most of the time we're scrolling and we're not actually engaging in a deeper way where we're doing life with somebody else. And so I would say the ways that I remind myself that I'm not alone on this journey is one, I go back to who is who really is God? God wants, he's omnipresent. He is actually with me all the time. And he is God, Emmanuel, God with us, meaning he really came to us when we couldn't go to him. And so I'm not alone because he actually longs to journey with me every day of my life as I'm in Christ, but also that I'm meant to do that with one and with the body of Christ with my brothers and sisters in Christ. So I don't need to sit in my own room and be like, wow, this is so hard. I need to call somebody up and say, can we meet for coffee? I'd like to share what is going on in my life. Let's cheer each other on. Let's encourage one another um, daily, as long as it's called today, as we read in scripture, right? Um, So that we might not be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. This is what we must do to remind each other we're not alone. Love that. You know, Misty, you and I took that opportunity not too long ago. We just said, hey, let's just go grab. For us, it's a little brunch because of our (laughs) crazy hours. And, you know, how refreshing that was to share that time. So I love that you make that important, Ruth. And uh, I think that we need to know a little bit of your background of your family life. Tell us a little bit about (laughs) who you are and uh, what your family looks like right now. Well, I I love that you asked that question because I want you to know that even though I paint flowers and landscapes and mountainscapes and butterflies. Uh, my life is filled with a lot of dirt and motor oil and Legos. I'm oh. a mama to six boys. Oh, wow. Um, my <laughs> six. Yes. Wow. I mean, seriously. Sometimes I can't even believe it when I see a photo. I'm like, wow, that is a very large family. Um, my oldest is 21. And my youngest is 10. So we are right now, as we speak um, this week, we're moving our oldest out to grad school in Wisconsin at Madison. And um, he signed his first lease. He's really moving out. He's a research assistant. So he's calling Madison home for the foreseeable future. And um, we have another one in college, a high school senior this year. And then we've got some young ones at home. And so we are walking through multiple seasons, um, all under one roof and just recognizing that, um, every time you think you've got the hang of a certain season in life, you realize things change and everything changes all over again. And whether that's in, you know, I'm also a business owner and we are celebrating 10 years of, um, my company called Grace Laced, where I get to share my artwork in product form and ship it around the world. But over 10 years of running a business, just when you kind of think, hey, I got the hang of this. I know where we're headed. Things change and you've got to pivot and restructure and learn new things. And so I think we all understand what it is to kind of go, hey, I don't, I can't see around the next bend. Or I didn't really expect that my children would walk through this need that I don't really know how to handle. Or I didn't expect to lose my job. Or I didn't expect, we all have things like that. And I think our first inclination is to want to be like, how do I troubleshoot this? How do I just fix this problem? And um, what I'm learning day by day, which 
you know, I'm a work in progress. And so everything you read from this book and any of my books is really me just saying, this is what I've learned. And I want to bring you along in this journey is that ultimately, um, there are no fixes and no solutions that aren't ultimately found in who God is and who he made us to be Amen. in relation to him. Absolutely. That's so beautiful. I remember dropping my daughter off uh, that first day of college and I cried mm. for the next Did month. you? Yes. <laughs> because, yeah, you talk about things you're not prepared for. You don't even know yeah. until yeah. it just hits you in the face and you're like, Oh, this is separation. I thought I was did, ready for this. Yes. And, did it feel like your no. arm was cut off or something? Because yes. I felt like a part of my body was no longer attached to me. Like I was like, I was, you know, you read about it a little bit, but I don't think women talk about it nearly enough. I don't think we talk about the season of life, the 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 changes that happen with our own bodies, but even just how everything changes and mm-hmm. in a split second you realize, oh wow, like I am no longer like central and part of this child's life. Like I, I have to let him go. And, yeah. and that experience, <laughs> wow, was, um, was intense. So I'm glad I'm not alone. I'm glad. No, you are I'm not, not glad alone. that you cried, but I'm glad that you understand that feeling too. <laughs> well, and that's what I so appreciate about this book being all about the journey and, you know, following God's path as he leads us onward. It, it really doesn't ever slow down or stop for sure. It is a journey that continues to move onward. So how, how can we discern his guidance as we're walking and sometimes just slamming ourselves into these unexpected moments with um, especially different relationships in our lives? Yeah. You know, I think we so often, I know for me, I... I start my day wanting to immediately get ahead, right? I mean, we battle that feeling of like, oh, it's first thing in the morning. Let me go clear my inbox, figure out what's going on. We reach for our phones. We want to like get ahead of our day. But if we do not start the day recognizing that he holds all things together, Colossians 1.17, then we probably will start our day thinking that we're in charge and that we're the ones who can hold it all together, can yep. fix all the issues. And I find it really hard to discern God's will for my life or how to deal with all my circumstances. It's a little bit hard to discern those things when I think that I'm the ruler of my own life. So I start thinking, you know, I either have a grand view of myself. Wow. Ruth knows all things and everybody should just listen to me. Or I start shaming myself and feel like, well, I'm so worthless. And if I could only get this better, or if I was stuck to my Bible reading plan better, I'd, I wouldn't struggle with this. You know, it's like all or nothing. We as believers sometimes struggle with this idea of we have to be amazing or we must be so worthless when really God's like, it's my strength made perfect in your weakness. So us coming first thing in the morning saying, I don't have what it takes. I need your help. Even this morning, guys, even this morning, I literally first thing in the morning, I said, God, I need wisdom. I need wisdom to know how to handle my feelings, the feelings I have as a mama going through some major changes right now. And I don't like some of those changes. I need wisdom to know how to deal with my career and some of the things that are challenging and that take a lot out of me. I need wisdom on how to deal with relationships and friends and employees and my own Mm. family members, right? Those are things that I cannot discern simply by being like, what do I think is right today? So I had to turn (laughs) to the word of God because, oh my goodness, the heart is deceitful above all else, right? We're so constantly like, my feelings are so fickle. And um, so I think number one, just on a really practical level, um, whether it's 
keeping your Bible out on the kitchen counter so that you just have an opportunity to read a psalm in the middle of the day or have an audio Bible going as you're driving in car line or running errands, whatever it takes for you to stop and say, rather than being productive in this moment by, you know, voice texting and listening to a million, you know, messages, I might need to talk to the Lord first because I can't trust my feelings right now. Mm, That's good. Yeah, I think that we sometimes value productivity over connection with God. And for sure, that's, that's where we're going to truly get productive is when we hang out with him, which sounds, sounds counterproductive. I'm just hanging out with God. Yes, it does. No, you're not. You're getting hopefully some good downloads from him and, and what to do today. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I, I want to tell you, like, you know, when I first wrote my very first book, Grace Slaves, which was the first four, what, first one that looks like the one that you're looking at right now with full art, you know, watercolor art along with devotionals. I talked about this as resting in God's character as being the very first step. Because when we were created to actually be fruitful out of rest, out of not striving, right? When we look at Mm -hmm. Ephesians 2, um, Paul is saying, you were created for good works, but not by your, by anything you can do. Like you can't boast in anything. It is by grace you've been saved through faith. And so when you stop and think about, okay, all the things that I want to try to accomplish today, and we all have our lists, we all have the things that are weighing on us, like, I got to get this done. This is not about like, wow, let go, let God, I'm going to sit on my bed and do nothing today. It's rather, is my heart at rest, resting in God's character, which is what we're talking about in Pilgrim. But bigger than that, am I resting in knowing that I could not save myself? So Jesus Christ is the one that actually saved me. God sent his son so that I would not have to strive my way to his presence. I don't have to be good enough or perfect enough. And so Christ is the reason why we can operate out of rest today, not out of striving. And so, yeah, exactly. We are more productive when we're chilling and we're resting. (laughs) And we're saying, hey, I don't need to, I don't need to be like, you know, taking two hours to sip my coffee. But the point is, is my heart at rest? Mm-hmm. So that when I open my laptop up and I'm like, Ooh, okay, I got to deal with my day and all that's weighing, I can say, hey, my, my joy does not depend on whether this inbox is cleared or not. My joy is dependent on my savior. And from what he tells me and how he um, has saved me, I can step into all that he has for me, all the the children that I have to parent, the emails that I have to deal with, the employee or the employer that I have to have a conversation with, all those things I can do out of a place of knowing who I am in Christ because I know who he is. And that's why A.W. Tozer said, what a person thinks about God is the most important thing about him. Because what you and I, all four of us here, like what we actually think about God will actually determine everything we do today. Wrap my mind around that a little bit. It's kind of a wild thought, Ooh. right? Wow, that's yes. <laughs> that is, yeah. Got to think about that. What you think about God determines what you do with Him today. Yeah. That's big. Wow. That's huge. Um, so it makes it really important for yeah. us to get that. No get kidding. That clear, get that straight. Well, one thing that I do like is that I feel like as I'm going through this devotional, that you're dealing with specific concerns and needs and. Um, how do you feel about coming to God with your worries and your cares? It seems like God only really starts working when you really truly, you know, give something to him and don't pick it up again. Hmm. Well, you know, I think when we look at scripture, we 
see a God who already knows everything, right? So it's not like there's one, I, he's not surprised by the things that I'm worried about. He knows right. what I woke up in the middle of the night thinking about, even though I'm like, I'm the only one who is thinking through this. He's like, no, I mean, really, I was there. <laughs> I, I, I know what you were thinking at three in the morning. Yeah. Um, but uh, the privilege, the reason why he asks us to cast our cares on him for he cares for you. Well, the reason why we're called to do that is actually because we can find him faithful. He is faithful whether we ask him and speak it out loud or not. But when we do, we're surrendering. I mean, do you find that when you go to him and say, um, I need your help. That is a posture of surrender and of submission, right? right. Um, we're not asking him for help. Like we're asking like a personal assistant. We're saying, you are all powerful. I am not. And that posture actually sets us up so that we realize like, okay, I can carry this back. I could pick this back up, like you said, like and shoulder it all again. But would I really want to, if you're more powerful than I am, if you're sovereign and you know all things and I don't, do I really want to keep picking it up and being like, yep. I'll drag this another mile? Or can you start with, I think God is the one that's powerful. And when you look at scripture, you realize he's had a plan since the beginning. He's always known. He's always had a plan. He had a plan to save us and to redeem us even before we even realized we need saving, right? And so if that's the truth, then that will affect whether or not we want to keep picking it back up. So I think it's the posture of laying it down yeah. and then also acknowledging like, Lord, help me not to keep thinking that I have some way of taking this back and being able to be in control of it myself. Amen. You know, it's interesting. We have this thing called the good news of the day on the show, and there's a commonality. Um, a lot of people have said, made this statement, and so I finally gave it to God, and then X, Y, Z happened, or whatever. And it was, <laughs> yes. and, it's, and it's almost like, man, I wish we could have had that, could have had a V8 moment at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah, a lot of people say stuff like that, and it's like, wow, maybe mm -hmm. we're onto something here, you know? Yeah. He is trustworthy, and I think about all the way back to the garden, right? If you think about Eve, um, it, that the moment, the fall, right? It's not just that she was like, wow, that that fruit that we always portray as a red delicious apple, right? It's not it's not <laughs> that the fruit was just tasty or looked good. It's that she thought perhaps God was holding out on her, that he knew something that sh she could take for herself and know yep. everything God knows and somehow orchestrate her life just a little bit better. And I think about how often I act like that. Like, maybe you don't fully know God. Maybe, maybe you don't actually have my best in mind. And so again circling back around again isn't that about the character of god isn't that a the reality is when i think like that i'm actually forgetting who god is i'm thinking that i'm god and he's not and mm -hmm. so um yeah when i when i finally let god be god wow um turns yeah. out that's what we were made for turns right. out yeah it's good <laughs> you uh you quote one of my favorite psalms at the beginning um uh, the bible god's word is a lamp to our feet and a light for our path Amy Grant actually sang that in my head as I was <laughs> reading that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm yeah. from that generation too. So, yeah. It is, it can be so difficult. Um, and I know this is not just a me problem, but the distractions to get me off path every single day that I face that's thrown at me, purposeful distractions from the enemy, life circumstance, all that's happening. How, how can we root ourselves in that scripture and stay on track when it's the most difficult to. 
Yeah. I don't know about you, but I don't follow my own rules super well. So even if I'm just like, I will use this Bible reading plan and I will read this exact thing. No, I'm like quitting by Leviticus or something, you know, I just want to confess first and foremost that some people are wired to be real reg- regimented and they're exactly on track. And for those of us who are like, how do I stay rooted in the word? And so I want to just say that we will never have a desire for God's word if we don't confess that we struggle with desire for God's word. Mm. And also the thing is, it's about appetite, right? The thing is, I feel like I always bring things back to food. So excuse me while I while I go there. Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll talk gonna, about food all day. Yep. Let's do Listen, that. We're, we're good with food. <laughs> I just want you to know that my natural propensity is to want to eat flaming Cheetos. My natural <laughs> propensity is to want to eat greasy burgers and shakes. And I will have no problem having a steady diet of salt and vinegar chips or just eating hot tamales all the time. Like I really don't have a problem <laughs> craving that. But you realize what happens with the human body is once you actually have really good food and you separate yourself and distance yourself from all that's like just filler and junk, you stop craving the stuff that's bad for you and you start craving what your body thrives on. Like you actually can find it. I mean, if somebody rolls out this amazing meal prepared for you of things that are really good, like a truly well-prepared steak and really well-done vegetables, I'm just saying like overall, you probably won't want to eat hot tamales all day long, right? And so I just throw that out there to say, I think sometimes it's like C.S. Lewis saying, like we we crave too little, like we're actually, we're, we're too easily satisfied. And so I don't know practically how to increase my appetite for God's word, except to actually cut off how much I'm filled up by lesser things. Meaning I really need to turn off my phone. I really need to shut down, shut off my laptop and look up. I need to really go on a walk where I'm wowed by what he's created and not the things that I've done all day, right? To stop staring at the things that just get me further ahead, but to be like, oh, I'm going to go for a walk and recognize that I had nothing to do with that sunrise or that sunset. Like, wow, that happened without me. That's pretty cool. You know, that God has got it and I'm not, right? <laughs> and so um, I think something so simple as recognizing that your ability to be anchored in God's word is going to be a combination of actually making time and choosing to make time because we make time for everything, but choosing also to um, remove the the things that are that are filling you up, and that may not be that may not be Facebook or Instagram. That may be um, Netflix. That may be going and wandering and shopping and spending money that you don't have. That could be whatever it is. It's just like filling you up, but actually not satisfying you. And so you have to take a personal inventory of what that might be. For some people, it might be gaming and you know spending a lot of time extra just playing and and wasting time. And so um, I find that I have to have a combo with between um, shutting things down and also exposing myself to taste and see that God is good. Mm-hmm. That was awesome because you're talking to a gamer. <laughs> yeah, I go well, in cycles. You know, <laughs> I'm not trying to step on anybody's toes because we all have our things. But I think it just it's helpful to assess and say like, hey, what's my desire? Like, what what am I? Like what gets me up in the morning? What makes me excited? And what my what are my affections turned to? Because if my affections are never turned to like, I want to. I mean, I don't say like I want to read my Bible. I'm saying 
I want to know God more. If I want to know him more, then I've got to find a way to like curb my appetite from the things that are not going to get me there, Mm. you know? Sally and I have to shut our Sephora app down for a little while. Sephora app. <laughs> that hurts a little. That hurts just a little. Hey, it's, the struggle's real. It when is. Nordstrom was having their anniversary sale. I mean, the app was up See? quite a bit. See, yeah, I'm telling you. No. I'm not holy. I'm just telling you. I got to tell you, Ruth, there are times in the studio, I don't know what these two are talking about. <laughs> just makeup all day. Pretty I fun. know. Yeah. I I'd be there with you. I mean, start knowing all those brands and all those special concealers that do the magic things. Yeah. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> Wasn't it just Friday, Misty? You were asking me, Sally, what is that concealer? Yes. <laughs> it's yeah. Nars oh. all the way. Nars. Yeah. The Nars yes. concealer. <laughs> That's a good one. That's awesome. And Cankle Fritz puts up with it all. He's oh, so kind. <laughs> I didn't. I actually find it entertaining. Oh, that's (laughs) very sweet of you. Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. Throughout this book, what grabbed me is I came to a real and living faith in the Lord um, in the 80s and the church we went to, all the old hymns. So this weekend, coincidentally, as God would have it, we were watching a church that did the old hymns and my husband and I were cracking each other up, singing at the top of our lungs all these songs we hadn't heard in a while. And I went, stop, wait a minute. I pulled out your book and I said, this is what Pilgrim is all about. And, oh, I've got goosies right now. I turned to page 167 to see thou changest not thy compassions. They fail not. Oh yeah, I remember that song. What a beautiful, beautiful hymn. So first off, thank you for not only the physical beauty of your book, uh, your artwork is beyond me. It's just so lovely. But the beauty of reminding us of these hymns and how quickly they came back to both my husband and myself and the, the joy, the smiles on our faces as we were singing that. them. Is there one, I have to ask you, kind of put you on the spot a little bit maybe, but is there one hymn that just really stuck out to you that maybe even gave you the kickstart to even put your book together in this way? Well, it's hard to play favorites. Um, I uh. <laughs> was a church accompanist when I was in eighth grade. My family had just mm-hmm. oh, fun. came to faith. Um, um, we just gave our lives to Christ. And I was a young pianist. And I, I would have never known, I could have never imagined that being a church accompanist and playing hymns would cause those lyrics to be stuck and lodged in my heart so that as a 47-year-old woman, and that I'm still like, reciting those like when so rock of ages for example rock of ages cleft for me let me hide myself in thee and i am in colorado whenever we go on hikes and i see the cleft of rocks and i see these these spots where i go oh my goodness this is what it's like to be hidden in the shelter of christ that i that the the holiness of God, I mean, this is out of that passage about Moses being like rammed into the cleft of the rock because the presence of God was passing by and he could not face that full holiness. It would destroy him. And you and I would be utterly destroyed. We don't just come boldly before the throne just as ourselves, but that we are coming boldly before the throne because we have the covering of the blood of Christ. And so even when I think of how artistically 
those lyrics are, you know, said and sung and then lodged in my heart so that when I feel um, condemnation or fear or when I think that I've totally screwed up or that I'm such a mess and I'll never get my life together, I remember Rock of Ages, you are stable and you are strong. And it's always been you that's my shelter. Like I, I'm not out there trying to brave it on my own, but I actually need to be hidden in the crevice in, in this shelter of this rock. And so I love Rock of Ages. Um, we tucked in two newer. We did um, In Christ Alone, which is a newer hymn. Um, and then He Will Hold Me Fast is, um, I was just playing that this morning. I love um, the Gettys and Shane and Shane's version of that. But um, the lyrics of He Will Hold Me Fast, because I just quoted Colossians 117, that is a favorite hymn of mine as well. You talk about, uh, and one of the chapters here was our needs that this world talks and teaches us to be self-sustaining. You're an independent, hardworking individual. Uh, take care of yourself. But that actually is good for us to be in need. Talk about that. Yeah. You know, um, I think it took me a while. I don't know why it took me so long to recognize that it was such a mercy when I feel inept, when I feel like I'm lacking, when I it's don't It's a mercy to feel that resources. way. It's interesting. It's a hmm. mercy because it's God being so merciful that I could come to any point in my day and recognize I don't have what it takes. Do you realize how much the world tells us every day to like sign up for a webinar or an e-course or buy this next book or do whatever it takes so that you basically are so amazing that you don't need to need anything or anybody, that you really will have exactly what you need, right? Here's the thing. Those are all tools. It's great. I mean, we all need ways to troubleshoot all the practicalities of our lives. But at the core, when you come up short and when you realize at the very basic level, I need a savior because I can't overcome my sin, that's, a, that's mercy to know that you need Jesus. But then when you are in Christ, if you're listening and you're a believer and you go, oh, I feel need all the time, even though I know I'm saved, I'm like, I don't feel like I'm the right mom for these kids. Like I need some help. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to train them. I don't know how to even keep the laundry folded and put away. I have needs that whether that means, you know, even if it means that there's like logistical things, I mean, sometimes our needs are met with like real logistical things. Maybe you need a mother's helper. Maybe you need some help. Maybe you need a mentor. Those are real things. I'm not saying Jesus, you know, solves all things and you don't need help. It's not that. It's the the, the feeling, the, the the inner sense that I don't have what it takes and I'm struggling. That causes us to cry out to a God who wants to supply our every need. So would we know that he is provider if we didn't have a need, if we didn't recognize day by day that, oh, I, for as cool as I think I am sometimes, I really don't have what it takes. I'm really not that organized. I'm really not that smart. Yeah. And I certainly don't have it all together. That feeling actually causes us to go, ooh, I need, I need a savior. I need a God who is so much better than my very best. You talked about the importance of understanding God's character. And of course, you know, you mentioned like really just rooting yourself in scripture, which is so important. 
Do you have uh, some other practical tips that you found have really worked for you to understand his character that have just grown your faith and deepened that relationship with him? Yeah, you know, I think one of my favorite things to tell um, everyday folks who are trying to understand this too is that we don't have to go to seminary to become a theologian. Um, and that I think sometimes we get scared oh, about the theological <laughs> words, right? Because I think sometimes we think that it's our pastor's job to learn those things or like it's a seminary and somebody's going to seminary and they're going to really understand the deep truths of God's word. But the truth is like you and I need to understand why he's omnipotent, why he is all powerful. How, how does he describe himself? Um, and those are called attributes of God. And there are great resources out there. There are great Bible studies out there. But I think even going to the word and on a practical level, if you feel like sometimes you're, quote, not getting something out of your time in the Word, one practical thing is to start by saying, what do I learn about who God is in today's section that I'm reading? And what other part of the Bible helps me understand this further or understand who He is in fullness? Because it's not ever just one verse. It's it's understanding who he is as a whole. So I think um, talking about him a lot, like, again, being in community with other people, not just going to church and being like, okay, I went to church and then I read my three verses for the day. No, we're, we're meant to live in community with others, talking about who God is, talking about how you're walking with him. That makes a big difference. Um, I also think that... Um, I think I included hymns in part because I think God created us multi-sensory <laughs> with multi-sensory ways of engaging him on purpose. Like he didn't have to make a sunrise pink, but he did, right? Because I I go looking for the sunrise in the morning. I go chasing after a sunset, Like He made it beautiful. Um, he didn't have to create so many varieties of flowers, but he did. Or that the birds sing and we listen. And so I think even recognizing that um, you can play a hymn and that will, you know, engage you in a different way and help you understand the character of God in a different way than if you were just straight up trying to like read and memorize one verse, you know? And so I try to engage the Lord and try to grow in my faith in multiple ways every day, trying to go for a walk and turn my eyes up and see what he's made, but also making sure that I'm not only listening to podcasts that will help inform me or grow me or not just listening to, you know, or just reading text messages and trying to get ahead on messages and things like that, but to listen and have beautiful music even engage my thinking about who God is. Beautiful. I have to um, thank you for fulfilling a personal need of mine. Oh. I now know what my mother and my mother-in-law are receiving for Christmas. <laughs> this I'm so book honored. Thank you. It's so beautiful in the words that you have collected, the stories you have shared, the scripture. But I have to ask about something that I so cannot relate to myself is your artwork. Oh my goodness, are you talented? Not only in That's displaying so who you, you are and ministering to our souls through your words, but your artwork in here is is just I I don't know how to tell people. <laughs> well, I'm super grateful glorious. that it ministers to you because when I do a book like this, it feels like I write the book and then I paint the book. It oh, is cool. Really oh. a labor of love. It's a lot of work, right? It's not I yes, mean, I can tell easier if all the artwork was simply like a little decorative, but my artwork in books like this 
they're meant to be more than decorative. They're meant to be experiential. Mm -hmm. And so I always think of my artwork as being a little bit like the platter on which the good stuff is served. And so Uh I always go like, how can I Uh serve up the truth and the good stuff in a way that makes somebody want to partake and linger long and pull a seat up to the table and enjoy the meal? And so thank you for sharing that. I mean, I'm really grateful that that artwork speaks to you and encourages you. Well, the team here knows because before you were even on, I told them that very thing. Hey, this one is staying with me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Yeah, I was leaving through I this will thing be going, it's ordering, gorgeous. Yeah. Yes, I will be ordering one for my mother and my mother-in-law because I know they are going to be blessed by the words and by the pictures and just the beauty that you have portrayed in what this life can be. Because there, I mean, we've talked about it. There, There's so many highs and so many hurtful lows and yet Mm -hmm. um beauty flows through what you have put together here and it's just really ministered to me so um i just want to say thank you and how much we've enjoyed going through this even together as a team so yeah ruth i I just appreciate you so much yeah yeah thank you well thank you so much for your time this is really good stuff (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I agree, so uh, Sally. Me. That was actually Sally. Thanks for saying that because now <laughs> I'm horrible welcome. at gift giving. <laughs> <laughs> now I know what to do. Uh, That's awesome. Well, thank well, you for a shameless plug. I'll tell you if you love the artwork there, please don't yeah. rip out the book for prints. We have prints at Grace Lace Shop. I, people always say, I bought one of your books and cut it up. And I was like, no, please don't. <laughs> Please, please, please don't do it. But um, there are prints and then there are coordinating journals that are coming along as well. And we have beautiful planners and calendars and things that will help bring that whole experience to life. So just just a word about the art. If that speaks to you, check out gracelaced.com. Thank you, Ruth. This is really good stuff. Ruth Joe Simons with us. Pilgrim, 25 Ways. God's character leads us onward. Thank you all so much. You're welcome. God bless you. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Kinkle Fritz and Friends podcast heard on Family Life Radio. We would appreciate it so much if you could rate, review, and subscribe wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. You can also find more exclusive content at myflr.org and FLR Mornings on both Facebook and Instagram. And if you support Family Life Radio, thank you.